Hey, hey, I'm your host, Wanda, and you're listening to the 10 Degrees Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the 10 Degrees Podcast where we have candid conversations about our struggles and sometimes epic failures in our Christian walk and how God's grace meets us there to lift us up and strengthen us with his power and his truth. Welcome to part four, which is actually the the last part of this series, Feeling Unqualified When God Calls You. If you haven't already listened to parts one, two, and three, when you get a chance, go back and listen to them. But here's a brief summary of each. Part one was about accepting the call over your life. Part two was about getting off the fence of indecision. And part three was about moving forward in your calling. But now it's time to talk about what can destroy or at the very least damage the ministry that you are called to. And that is comparison. Something that we can all wrestle with at any point. When we are called to ministry, not only do we bring what God has deposited in us, but we also bring our humanity which is our personality, our strengths, our weaknesses, and our instinct to sin. When we show up, our service begins, but so does the pruning in our lives. Because while we are called to serve the Lord at his pleasure, he begins working in us. Ministry is not easy. It's full of hills and valleys, times of great success, but also times of struggle, testing, and temptation. The enemy will try and tempt you in any way he can to take you off course. And while there are many temptations that I can speak on, the one I want to focus on is the one that I believe shows up very early on. And it's one that begins to do damage very quickly. And that is comparison. Specifically, the temptation to compare the size and the scope of your ministry to that of someone else's ministry. Nothing good has ever come from it and nothing good will ever come from it. It's an enticing and destructive trap. And for some, it's a secret sin that they carry. Comparing your ministry to someone else's ministry is the gateway to envy, discontentment, jealousy, bitterness, pride, selfishness, and even anger towards God. God already has a plan and purpose for what he has called you to, but you can't accomplish that plan by looking at other people. Comparison will steal your joy and will keep you from entering into the fullness of your calling. And when we like fullness, we like joy, we like peace, and we lack contentment. It hinders our ability to see how God can work in us and through us. It will distort your view and your understanding of who God is and of who we are in Christ. The temptation to want to compare will always be lurking in the shadows because, for one, It's the easiest trap to fall into. And two, because there will always be others doing what God has called you to do. This shouldn't surprise you and it also shouldn't discourage you. There are approximately 8 billion people in the world. And God hasn't chosen just a few handful of people to evangelize 8 billion people. At the end of the day, God doesn't need anyone to accomplish his will. Because if you think about it, For him to use imperfect people to accomplish his perfect will is kind of a crazy thought. We are temperamental, we have sinful tendencies, and we for sure are going to mess up. 
And yet, because of his great love for us, he chooses to use us and work through us. So are there hundreds or probably even thousands of people called to to the same type of ministry that you're being called to? Yes. When I accepted the call to do a, a podcast, I started doing some research, research just out of curiosity because, you know, why not? Why not see what's out there? The first thing I found was that the number one religious podcast is called The Bible in a Year, and it has more than 20 million downloads and counting since 2021. I tried to find how many Christian podcasts existed, but I couldn't find an exact number. But what did keep coming up was all kinds of lists like the top 100 Christian podcasts, the top 35 good good Christian podcasts, uh, the best Christian podcast for women, the best 25 Christian podcasts to listen to. Plus, you have all the speakers on the YouTube channels. And then I found that as of June 2022, there are over 2.4 million podcasts with over 66 million episodes between them. Now, researching can be a blessing or it can be a huge mistake depending on what you do with that information. For me, it was a little bit of both. I felt relief because I wasn't the only person who would be doing this. And I also felt a little bit discouraged because I also wasn't the only person doing this. I know, funny, right? At first, I was like, okay, there are 2.4 million podcasts. And now I'm the plus one more. Not to mention all the other podcasts that are getting ready to launch. I felt like this itty bitty fish being called to swim in an ocean full of fish. Have you guys ever seen a koi pond full of fish, right? These koi fish are these big, beautiful, colorful fish. And in my mind, I was Dory, like in Dory in Finding Nemo. And the Lord was asking me to swim in this huge koi pond. Remember how I said that temptation, that the, the temptation to compare shows up pretty early. So right out the gate in the natural world, in my humanity, I'm going up against a mountain of quote unquote competition, right? Who in the world is even going to find me amongst 2.4 million podcasts? Podcast listeners have an enormous pool of people to pick from, not only from the secular podcast, but also from established popular Christian podcasts. In the natural world, it just doesn't make sense. Now, Had I allowed the comparison to take hold of my heart and mind, I could talk myself right out of the Lord's call over my life. Because in the natural world, I have data that tells me, don't even bother. The market is oversaturated. What are you going to say that hasn't been already said? What can you possibly teach that hasn't already been taught? Who's even going to find you in a pool of 2.4 million podcasts? There's also there there are lists that promote the best Christian, the best Christian podcast to follow. So why would anyone want to listen to you? But here is how we get trapped. We qualify or measure that which is spiritual with that which is carnal. But our call is not a competition, and how we handle it is an act of obedience or disobedience. When we allow God to be the one in control of our ministry. He sets us up and he sets us apart. You and I can have the same kind of calling over our lives, but what that looks like and how it develops is going to be different. 
how I minister is not the way you will minister. How I, enc- how I encourage is not the same way you encourage someone. The way I teach is not how you may teach. How I serve others is not going to look like how you serve others. The things that he will have me say may not be the same things that he will have you say. The way that I express myself is not the same way that you are going to express yourself. Some people are very soft-spoken and gentle. And if you haven't noticed, I'm not one of those people. But God is working all things in our lives. He sends certain types of personalities to meet others where they're at. I may not be what someone is needing at a certain time in their life, but perhaps it's you and vice versa. There are times and even seasons in my life where I need the encouragement of a tough, no nonsense, tell it like it is person. And then there are times when I may need the soft spoken, gentle personality of someone else. I don't want to be lied to or coddled in my sin or even in my struggles. But depending on what I'm struggling with, I may need I may need the truth to be delivered a certain way in order to receive it because where I am mentally, God desires a personal relationship with us. We are not robots. We are not one size fits all, not in ministry, not even in our personal lives. So how your call unfolds is as unique to you as your personalities, fingerprints, and DNA. God uses many people with different gifts and skills to do his work in this world. He is not in the business of comparing people in their callings. He doesn't call people and then says, okay, whoever does it best wins. No. And certainly he isn't going to correct you because you're not doing it like Sister Sally over there. He corrects us when we are not doing it the way that he told us to. Followers, ratings, and having accolades from man means nothing to the Lord because Is man greater than God? Does their approval or their applause elevate our favor with God? No. Let us always remember that God is not impressed with the things that we are impressed with. When we allow comparison to enter our lives, we are subconsciously admitting that what God has called us to perhaps isn't good enough or worth obeying. So if you're comparing yourself to someone else, please stop. That's not God. He is not the one putting those thoughts in your mind. It's a trap, my friend. If you feel the need to compare, compare yourself to Christ, not to another man or woman who needs the help of Jesus, just like you. Comparison will damage your ministry. You diminish the work that you are called to, and that can lead you to compromise. Because rather than following God, you will begin to follow someone else and end up doing the things that the Lord never told you to do. Galatians 6, 4 through 5 says, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. So do the work that you have been called to do. Your calling is not something you apply for. It's not a job you were hired to do because you were the best qualified candidate. And if you don't remember Anything I have said, remember this, your calling is not even about you. It's about Christ. It's about bringing glory to him. It's about pointing others to him. It's about the one who called you. Did you know that the disciples of John the Baptist went to him to actually complain that many more people were following Jesus and being baptized by him? If you go to the book of John, uh, chapter three, verses 22 to 36, um, um, you can read along or you can just listen if you're driving or doing something else. It says, 
Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went into the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time with them there, baptizing people. At this time, John the Baptist was baptizing at Enon near Salem, because there was plenty of water there, and people kept coming to him for baptism. This was before John was thrown into prison. A debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. So John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people, and everybody is going to him instead of coming to us. You see, John's disciples were disturbed that people were, were bypassing John altogether and going straight to Jesus. They were jealous, frustrated, and upset because more people were following Jesus than John the Baptist. And so why were they jealous, frustrated, and upset? Because they were comparing the ministry of Jesus to that of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a strange, wild-looking man who had lived in the wilderness and ate strange food. He wasn't some cool hit man. He had no political power and held no high position, and yet he spoke with the authority of the Holy Spirit. He spoke truth, and that is what moved the hundreds of people that were drawn to him. He was a nobody who suddenly became a somebody. He could have replied to, to his disciples in a number of ways. He could have said, you know what? You're right. Let's strategize and see how we can get more people to come to me. He also could have said, you know what? I'm just going to stop and just go home and find something else to do because everyone's going to him anyway. So why even bother? But he didn't do any of that. Instead, he said, uh, you can find this in John chapter three, verse 30. He, meaning Jesus, must become greater and I must become less. He didn't stop baptizing and he didn't stop the preaching. He stayed the course and remained faithful to what God had called, had called him to do. John understood his calling from the Lord. He understood his role and his purpose. He was just a forerunner, the person chosen to announce the coming of the Savior. John knew that the one he spoke about the one who was to come was greater than he. He wasn't threatened when Jesus came on the scene. In fact, he even said, though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. John didn't make the ministry about himself. He made it about Jesus. And the same thing applies to us today. The ministry that we are called to is not about us. It's about pointing others to Jesus. And so if someone else is doing the same type of ministry as you are, be of good cheer and don't be jealous. Instead, pray that they will continue to point others to Jesus just like you have been called to. We are co-laborers in God's economy. When we make the ministry about us, we are stealing from God. We are stealing the glory that belongs to him. So don't be fooled. Just because someone has many followers, it doesn't mean that they have the blessing or even the anointing of the Lord. Let God grow your ministry. Now, does that mean that we just sit back and do nothing and just wait for, for Jesus to bring the people to us? Absolutely not. Every disciple and every apostle was active in their ministry. They were busy doing. They worked. Every task that the Lord wants us to accomplish through us is important, even if we don't understand it. We may feel inadequate and doubt in God's choice to use us, but there is one thing that we can remind ourselves often, and that is to be confident that God is working out everything together for our good. Your call will not be measured up against someone else's ministry. 
you, you will be giving an account for what the Lord has asked of you. The Holy Spirit is a source of all we do for Christ. He is the one who will give us the power to witness, to work, and to do his will. Because when you are filled with God's Holy Spirit, you will be mighty and powerful in your ministry. He will fill you so that you can be empowered to serve others and serve the Lord in all he calls you to do. The Spirit of the Lord is the one that will draw sinners to repentance and salvation in Jesus. The Lord will finish the work that he started. So for anyone to think that they are effective and powerful because of their own man-centered strategies, motivational speaking, dynamic presentation, and even cool appearance is deceived. The word of the Lord says, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. And so the end goal, the very call is to bring glory to God, to preach the to preach the good news of salvation, and to help point people to follow Jesus. It's not about getting people to follow us. If we are good stewards of our call, our gifts, and our talents, the Lord will lead people to us so that they in turn will learn more about him. We serve a faithful God who is able to accomplish much more than we might ask or even think of. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support it, don't forget to subscribe, share with others, post about it on social media, and leave a rating and review. Until next time.